Come and dream with me. Hello, welcome to What Do You Want to Watch, the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every week we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content. I hope you answer the question, what would you do if you saw Ghostface standing on a street corner? Run away. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Join me today, Dylan Blight. I'm very excited. Oh, no, I can't say that. I'm skipping ahead to a segment. Anyway, yeah, cool. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bring that up because apparently, you know, the you know they're doing the... Apparently, the screen people... Oh, they're doing, they're doing viral the viral marketing. They had like a, yeah. uh, someone in Ghostface mask just standing on a street corner, like staring at people. Uh, and Is it out yet? Or like they haven't published the video yet? I don't think so. But yeah, uh, several, several people called the police on this person. Fuck yeah. You know. I love those. Vi- I miss it's. I feel like obviously part of it, the problem was COVID, so we didn't get them for ages. Yeah. Fucking, I loved all that. I love these viral marketing videos. I know some people hate them. Like, you know, talk, like they're like, oh, it's so cringe or whatever, but I love a good viral marketing video. How, how do you feel about. <laughs> do you see the, the thing going around where you could sign up to get phone calls from Ghostface? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I like it. I'm down. Did you get a call back? Oh, Dylan, watch a scary movie. I'm like, oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard question. <laughs> Give me some time. It's Scream. It's <laughs> a true question. You gotta say Scream. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he comes and kills you. Was, yeah. Otherwise, you have seven days to live. Oh, wait. That's, sorry. That's the ring. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right. On today's episode, we'll be talking about what's in West history. Uh, discussing some film news giving the thumbs to trailers and discussing this week's top three uh let's kick things off dylan you watched creed 3 uh i did finally talked about it last week loved it did you love it as much as the first two movies (laughs) i did i loved it i actually think it's the best one i'd have to go back and rewatch it though here's my problem i feel like i I haven't done a rewatch but in my in my mind, at least now, you know, I just watched that and I haven't watched the other ones for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Territory. I'm on with the mind. I really like just having a full separate because obviously this is the first one about no Rocky, and yes, like it just it just there's something about that I like, and that's I've, at the same time there's something about that that a lot of people won't like because it's so because they love Rocky, now, yeah. I guess because I love Rocky, but which is fine. I like I like Rocky. I've watched all the movies. You've watched. None, right? I've watched one. <laughs> yeah, so you haven't watched any Rockies. Um, what was I going to say? But this this movie, I just think it has such a. It's probably got the best villain, if you want to call it that, mm. uh, relationship and stuff. Yeah. Like it's just antagonist. There's just this whole like the history between them, the the build up to like the just like the way the movie deals with i guess like um the that very like machoism sort of stuff uh, the mental health stuff like i feel like it's got it's just a, a much better written movie with better written characters than the films i feel like i've ever had before like first creed very very good the whole i want to be you know i never knew my dad um you know i want to live up to his legacy this guy i never met all this sort of stuff makes for a very engaging movie. However, I've seen that sort of story before, and I feel like that's the sort of that's what gives that as well as like Creed does it so well, and Creed does that storyline very, very well. Yeah. I'd seen that story before. I hadn't seen the story Creed Three does before. I hadn't seen this sort of relationship portrayed um, 
on screen of, I guess, what did you say? Like two black men who, uh, like grew up and like just like were in a home at some point, like had yeah. this relationship, but they go in so separate directions. One goes to prison for 20 years and then one, um, gets to like, you know, he's super rich now and he's like had this successful life and whatever else. But, um, yeah, all the stuff. And again, I won't spoil it because you didn't either. The, the, way Michael B. Jordan thinks outside the box in the way that he shoots a lot of the actual fight sequences. I saw someone the other day saying they hated the main, the one, I don't know how you describe it. The final it, fight? The, one, the final fight and the, that one sequence that's very different than you've seen in any Creed or Rocky movie before. Um, that They said they hated it for some reason. I think it works fantastically for portraying the psycho... Um, psychological Alanis, story yeah. cycle yeah story that's happening in the ring i thought it was a very good way to to do that and the way everything was playing out so banger of a soundtrack too um not 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 as good as the black panther movie but having the i can't remember what the studio is called anyway like jake hall's people and all that um did the soundtrack um way better than black panther too though so <laughs> if you want to go like over rap soundtrack uh original soundtrack sort of stuff then um yeah, got it going for it. Shot. Yeah, really, really, all these really amazing performances. Getting way more Tesla Thompson in this one than we did in the second one was nothing but great. That kid's performance is really adorable. Um, you get sort of representation there that you don't usually see in movies as well with this, um, this, this family dynamic of, um, you know, having, you know, hard to hear child, parent, parents like having to like but it's just portrayed normally like it's not like a there's no moment in the movie they're like oh no our kid how hard for her like it's just like just how yeah, it is so, like, this life just thing. how it is yeah that's life it's just rep- so i felt like that was good representation as well so um yeah no I, I loved it i thought it was absolutely fantastic yeah i think yeah fantastic i love the, uh, all the little anime things that have been coming out like afterwards like uh there's a, a shot where they kind of punch each other at the same time. I didn't realize that was a Naruto thing. <laughs> that, you know, I look forward to the eventual day when, you know, we'll get, when the VOD version comes out and people do like side by sides. Well, they do like a gut, in that fight at the start of the movie, they do like that gut punch in slow motion where you see like all the sweat like bounce off that dude. Yeah, this is <laughs> like beautiful a, slow motion. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, that, I, yeah, I think that final fight is going to be make or break for a lot of people. Like, uh, yeah, you know who want realistic, super, you know that. But you know, if you love stories, you know, mm. I don't. Uh, I've been going back and forth as to whether I love this more than the first Creed or not. Um, I'd have to rewatch it. It's a problem. It's hard because the first one is such a, a it's a very coming of age story, and like uh, you got all the montages and build up and that mm. kind of stuff. So, um, and Stallone is actually very good in that movie. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, the other thing I love about this one, though, is it, it definitely moves away completely. Like, the first two movies, like, he's in those Apollo shorts both the entire time. This one, he he's his own man. Moved he's again. completely different, you know. Um, of course, there's, like, a cool throwback to it, like, towards the end. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's a fantastic film. That, uh, and I don't think they need to do it anymore. I think this is it. I don't... Yeah. I think it is, but... I think it's I, a perfect ending. You know, I think it's... A great run to the trilogy, um, but I think like the I looked at Michael B. Jordan's like track, and there's Creed Four listed there, but that might just be a placeholder thing. I think it's a placeholder, surely. I don't. Yeah, 
Unless he has a cool story that he wants to tell. Uh, but, you know. I mean, the the, the option there is to do a there's an option universe. For a, yeah, there's an option for another... There's an option for a, a... Much like Creed was a spin-off for Brock here, there's an option for a, another spin-off and continuing the family legacy, if you want to do it that way. Um, but as far as, like, Apollo... Michael B. Jordan in the ring. Adonis... Sorry, Adonis Creed's story goes um, in the ring and him as the forefront main character, I think it's done. Him returning and this potential spin-off thing, I'm fine with that. But it shouldn't. he's not the main character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, Felicia Richard, really great. But, you know, uh, I, jo- I joked like after seeing him, like, oh, man, the writers watched, must have played Ghost of Shima. <laughs> you know, from that, Why? that subplot, that storyline. I think now. Do you know that the the storyline where her that friend that has amnesia, no, no, uh, Alzheimer's or whatever. Oh and right, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, sticking on the fighting theme, Dylan, you watched AEW's Revolution 2023. Absolute banger of a pay per view. Um. I think it's AEW's best pay per view. As far wow, as, that's high high praise. Yeah, I don't. I, there wasn't a match I liked. I feel like there's every there's Wait, every. Uh, you didn't like a single match. Sorry, there was <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a match I didn't not like. Um, you did not like any <laughs> <laughs> English motherfucker. Oh damn, I don't speak it. Um, I every match was a banger. There, okay, there we go. There. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. And coming into this one, I we, I feel like it was a bit iffy because some of the storylines felt sort of rushed, and then the the idea of the you had a pay per views usually feel very long anyway because they're like three and a half four hours long. Yep. They're very long events, obviously. And then them being like we're doing a one hour Iron Man match as the main event, it was a bit like oh my god, like is that going to? How long was the actual show? Oh, it was like yeah, like four hours. Okay, yeah, whatever. Like, but it's their. But- re- Would you say Revolution is their peak show or? Why? I don't, I don't think. Yeah, that. they're all on equal standing because no. they're so far apart. So they're so far apart. I don't know. I know a lot of people treat double or nothing as the all out. Yeah, or all out as the WrestleMania equivalents. So yeah, Revolution definitely isn't, but fucking definitely felt like it. It was mm. a it was an all in show that every match was just phen- phenomenal. Um, really, really good storytelling. Everyone, I feel like every result was great. There wasn't just there, there. There was like Texas death match between John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page was just probably the best Texas death match that wasn't was, in Japan. It, would, it oh. fulfilled all John Moxley's dreams, from what I understand. Oh my god! There's a part where John Moxley stabs Hangman Page with, with a, fork. a fucking fork, and you just see blood just splatter all over his chest. <laughs> like it is <laughs> just nasty. There's a nasty death match those two had. So. Uh, very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, every every match was really good. The trios match was just insanity with different, completely sort of opposing styles between the the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and then the House of Black. So, um, but that was really really good as well. Even the the tag team championship, which I thought was going to go a certain direction, that was the one where I was like, I was surprised to see um, that the the guns actually held on to their titles amongst because they had like three other teams in it. But it made sense because. Um, uh, FDR showed up at the end, so they're obviously going to win Put the title soon. Yeah, um, but that was re- even that was a really good match. They had lots of just very funny bits, like including Orange Cassidy and Dan House and just just being 
Orange Cassidy and Danhausen <laughs> versus like, but Orange Cassidy playing uh, like wrestling Jeff Jarrett was something I didn't think I needed to see, but it was very funny. Uh, being very good at the same time, and then yeah, the main event with Brian Danielson versus MJF was just yeah one hour of it was just like as far as like doing those is really hard, obviously for the wrestlers because it's an hour of just intense shit. Um, but like being able to pace those out and keep the audience engaged, I feel like is such a such a hard task. Yeah, like to keep people engaged and watching a wrestling match for one hour, but they managed to do it. Um. Somehow, in a mix of both parts, where it was just MJF being an asshole, and that's his bit, and Brian Danielson just sort of laughing at him, thinking he was going to win the match very easily, and then like there was a part like halfway through it where it was just this insane sh- show that because the thing is with MJF, like when he w- wants to wrestle, that boy can wrestle, and yeah, there's a part where him and him and Brian Danielson just like throwing backwards and forwards, like. Just like constant like near falls as they're like switching holds and all this sort of shit and it was it was very very good so yeah all up I think it's probably it's the the best pound for pound wrestling show that AEW's done did they have like amazing like debuts and all these you know what I mean like big showy moments and stuff by you people showing up no but as far as wrestling goes very good awesome all right uh, finally a long awaited film. Uh, released here in Australia on Paramount Plus with the Al Yankovic story. Uh, of course, the absolutely 100% true retelling of the life of Weird Al Yankovic um, as portrayed by Daniel uh, Radcliffe. Um, yeah, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely a retelling of his life story, you know, like a classic uh, biopic style. Um but yeah, take it to the extremes. It definitely <laughs> it goes in directions you do not see coming. Um, yeah, Daniel Craig. I mean Daniel Radcliffe, fantastic. Um, uh, unsurprising, but you know, a little bit disappointed that Weird Al like voices his singing voice. But uh, you know, I guess it works. Um, you can't. It's hard to replicate. That yeah, it's hard to replicate. Um, yeah, just this hyper stylized, I guess, world or like a world in which polka music is like incredibly popular and kids are having poker parties. Uh, instead of we found your son at a poker party. <laughs> yeah, accordions like the most <laughs> yeah <laughs> dangerous weapon um, instruments uh, out there. Yeah, so much fun and like just silly tangents of how different things come together and like the idea that uh his song eat it was original work and then michael jackson came yeah. out and released <laughs> beat, beat it, it which is a parody, <laughs> which is a parody <laughs> like- song. um yeah and then evan rachel wood plays madonna and is <laughs> fucking fantastic uh, yeah. <laughs> through the entire movie uh yeah what did you think of weird yeah, I loved it. I thought it was it's very, very funny. It's this this is again like we're talking about things that'll work for some people and won't work for others. This is if you like I, especially if you don't know Weird Al you, this is not that you can not know anything about Weird Al and watch it. You need to at least understand, I feel <laughs> like his music, like the parody like the fact he's a parody artist, not like just not a very serious like musical yeah, artist. Yeah. And then the fact that his biopic is a parody of uh, real autobiography movies is sort of how that, that yeah. it all plays out. 
because um, if he went into this going, oh, I don't know who this is, but the movie will probably be good. <laughs> You'll be Just very explain his life like, in a completely rational yeah, way. Yeah. Um, but I'll, yeah, I thought it was it was so good. Daniel uh, Daniel Radcliffe's really really um, good as the just the way he, like the, that scene where you're, like sitting in the thing and he's like staring at the bologna, <laughs> like just the, <laughs> his eyes wide and he's like just guys are going mama mama bologna. And this the, his friend's reaction of oh my god, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever had in my life. Like, <laughs> we need to record this right now. <laughs> we need to record this right now. <laughs> the fact that he had this very big relationship with Madonna and like all this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a very funny movie. I, I felt like in a world where I, this could have gone either way as to just being like sort of cringy and not very good or yeah, I, I thought it was very funny. All right. Uh, last year, we love She-Hulk, right? Uh, yes. One of our favorite characters, played by Ginger Gonzaga, <laughs> played uh, She-Hulk's best friend, Nikki, <laughs> right? Well, she's in yes. a new TV series based on a massive property uh, from the mind of one of the highest grossing directors of all time. She's in the new True Lies TV series. <laughs> you went the most roundabout way. <laughs> Fucking hell. Build the idea. Uh, so, yeah, it follows the idea of True Lies where there's a husband. He's a spy, but his wife doesn't know. Um, but, yeah, she finds out in the course of one episode um, that he's a spy. And now, uh, I guess, spoiling the pilot, they want to make her a spy so they can be a spy team. And that's the series. It's not you love it. Uh, it's it's okay, it it's it it, it yeah it's, it's not overly exciting. I mean, they're going for some stylistic choices where like every single mission has got a code name and they like list all the different people who are part of the mission on the screen and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty basic action TV show. Um, the leads are nice, amusing, you know, because she thinks he's cheating on her at the start and like. Um, yeah, and she's like this bored uh, professor at like a university uh, who's looking for some sort of excitement in her life. Uh, and now she'll get that in the form of spy work. <laughs> um, yeah, this seems it. It sounds like a solid premise for a TV series, like to, but you know, True Lies is such a beloved movie. Uh, mm. Seems like a. You could have easily done this premise without the name. I think that says a lot. But then would people have watched it? Probably if you promoted it correctly. <laughs> it's interesting also because Linda Hamilton plays the like the head of the secret spy organization. It's mm. like, oh, there's another tie-in to James Cameron. So there's that. Uh, I also watched the first episode of Dawn of the Dolphins, which is a documentary, three-part documentary, uh, on the new NRL team, the Dolphins, uh, kind of delving into how they got the process of getting their bid successful, um, and then kind of signing the first couple of players. Still very early stages. Um, there's some interesting points, uh, like they bring up how the name is just the Dolphins, Instead of being like the Redcliffe Dolphins or the Morton Bay, like having a location attached to the name of the club, um, and how that's like a there's like legal reasons as to why they 
couldn't just call themselves the Redcliffe Dolphins, uh, and then why they decided to, like, because they're going to represent a large area. They didn't want to, like, put their name down to one specific place. Um, but then also, like, they include some of the criticism of that decision, and, like, they, like, the way they bring it up is, like, they have, like, a stand-up comic doing a routine about how funny it is that they're called the Dolphins and not the Redcliffe Dolphins or anything. Um... But then they, they've got the, they show the, them designing the uniform, something that was incredibly criticized online, and they've got no mention of that. So I think, you know, it's interesting picking and choosing. Um, yeah, I think it's a solid, it's not overly interesting. I mean, if you don't care about rugby league or any of that, you're not going to care too much about this. I think the major thing that's kind of interesting is Wayne Bennett's in, like pretty involved. Uh, someone who's been very, uh, He's clipped his opinions to himself and he's not very, like, he doesn't give a lot of interviews and that kind of stuff. Uh, he's known for giving very short and stirred answers at uh, press conferences and that kind of stuff. So hearing him talk about the process and that kind of stuff is quite interesting. Um, and also, like, I think the opening moments of the documentary are quite interesting of him talking about him being very much an introvert and ha- have him having to struggle with that uh, to become an NRL coach, uh, one of the best of all time, and, like, having to having that anxiety of having to talk to people, but having to overcome it every time so that he can do his job and that kind of stuff. That's kind of interesting. And hopefully that's something that's kind of explored uh, going forward. But yeah, I think it's it's a solid documentary. Really good timing because they just played their first match over the weekend in which they won. So, I mean, uh, couldn't ask for a better lead-in, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, over on Stan, there's a new episode every week for the next two weeks now. So, All right. Uh, let's move into the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. There's only one thing on the list. I watched the live stand-up special, uh, Chris Rock, Selective Outrage. Uh, how did, just quickly, how did you know that this was on and live? Research. <laughs> so you were like looking forward to it, so you just made sure? Well, I knew it was a thing. Cause I, I did knew the, it was a thing, I but I don't the, recall uh, seeing any promotion for it, is it no there wasn't a lot uh i'd know what really got me to go watch it is because they announced that there was going to be the before the show and after the show like panel things and the before mm. the show hosted bad boy ronnie chang so i needed to watch that okay. uh <laughs> but uh it wasn't very specific i'm like oh is it going to be is it going to be like a countdown thing like leading up to it like i you went i were i think the show started at one o'clock um, there was nothing, you would think like in the lead up to your first yeah. live event, you would have it like front page, like countdown or like yes. prepare yeah. or nothing. It's like, yeah. I did I had to like, I went back and checked like half an hour before it was set to go and the, the pre-show had started. I'm like, oh crap, I'll stop watching what I'm watching and go watch this now. Uh, but see, like it run pretty seamlessly, like for mm. their first venture into live uh yeah. I, we, we talked about like how this is stuff they want to start doing more yeah so the criticism straight away is they did a terrible job at promoting and like having yeah it be a, yeah yeah just uh that would be my main thing like do a countdown or like have something on the page so i could find it quickly only thing yeah. is you can click on you can click on the thing that says selective outrage and it will remind you that it's mm. coming up and even then mm. it wouldn't remind you when it first started it would probably remind you after it actually aired, I would what imagine. What they need 
is you know how like if you click on YouTube like live video thing, you not not only do you get an email, I think like half hour prior to a live thing showing if you've clicked the little button say you want to yep. watch it. You're also like if you're watching YouTube or you have YouTube open, it pops up and says, Hey, this thing's about to start. Do you want to like head on over to there? Yeah. So way Netflix should do it is same sort of thing. You get an email if you tick a box and say you want one. You get an email alert saying, Hey, it's out. And two, if you have Netflix open, it pops up. If you're watching something else on Netflix, it pops up and says, hey, um, you know how it pops up and says, like, you, do you want to yep. keep watching? It pops up and says, hey, sorry to interrupt, but that thing you wanted to watch live, let's just start soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it worked pretty seamlessly. Like, I was, I like, was able to back scrubble, like, the five minutes that I was missed at the start of the pre-show. Uh, yep. So that all worked pretty seamlessly. That's... The only thing was that obviously didn't give you the, like, when you pre you scrubble on any Netflix thing, it will give you, like, a the screen preview of yeah, where yeah. in the thing show it is. So it didn't, it didn't have Couldn't it didn't do, have did, did do that. So, I mean, yeah. that's understandable live, because so, that's, yeah. I would imagine that would be difficult to pull off live, whereas, yeah. like, when it's completed video, it would be easier to do that sort of thing. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, you know, the pre-show, very funny, Ron and Chang. It's interesting they did the pre-show and the after-show from LA in the comedy store while the actual show was taking place in Baltimore, uh, on mm. the other side of the country. Who uh, was on the actual pre-show? Uh, had Ron Chang, they had Dion Cole as the DJ. <laughs> uh, they had uh, uh, what's his name, Arsenio Hall, did a set, uh, like a five-minute bit, ten-minute set. Leslie Jones did a set, and then JB Smooth. Did like a bit as well, yeah. and then on the post show they had JB Smooth, Arsenio Hall, David Spade, and uh, what's his name, Dana Carvey, uh, and then Kareem J- Abdul Jabbar, and oh, what was the other lead? They had one female voice on the post show, uh, Yvonne Orji uh, from Insecure. Uh, talked about the set which i think was kind of weird uh overall solid show i guess there were some fun bits there's like uh, some like i've heard some bits before like he made some abortion jokes and being like oh i've made i've been i've spent more money on the end of abortions than any of these women i should be able to talk about abortions you know there's some like kind of on the edge stuff um like his big thing is him being upset about selective outrage uh what one of the only bits I remember is like, uh, you know, you've got these people who won't listen to R. Kelly, uh, but they're more than happy to play Michael Jackson. It's like selective outrage. Uh, you know, same crime. This person's music's just way better. <laughs> you know, um, but then of course the the big thing from the special it was of him you know, him talking about the Will Smith uh, slap, uh, reasonably well timed. Obviously, being a week before the Oscars. Uh, you know, perfectly as if they did it on purpose, almost, yeah. Uh, yeah. to you know, bring that all up again. Uh, yeah, I mean, he goes in hard, <laughs> um, on them and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a funny bit, but yeah, overall, it was like kind of a it was a, a solid show. Uh, interesting, uh, he does like flub a couple of lines, like he uh mixes up emancipation and concussion. Uh, the two Will Smith movies that so kind of flubs the punchline of one of his jokes, um, which is a major reason why people, these stand-ups don't do it live, so they can fix stuff like that. 
uh, for a special that they'll probably have play for the rest of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. You know, I don't think it's the most incredible stand-up show I've ever seen, but, you know, it's Chris Rock and he's pretty solid at what he does. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of stuff that people will be offended by. <laughs> uh, especially, yeah. It was enjoyable. As a first live special thing, it worked pretty seamlessly, so, you know, if that's a direction that Netflix wants to go in the future, clearly they've got the infrastructure to, to make that work. All right, that's everything I watched history. Let's move to some film news. And really, there's only one big uh, subject matter. And we're one week away from the Academy Awards. The end of award season has come to a close. And my question for you, Dylan, is can anything stop everything everywhere all at once? It took out, it was won pretty much every single category it could at the Independence Period Awards. Uh, took out Best Original Screenplay at the uh, Writers Guild of America Awards. Uh, I believe one of the PGAs uh, took out a whole bunch of stuff over the weekend. Is this going to like sweep at the Oscars this year? Um, I've again got to continue to say no, because that's not in line with my predictions. (laughs) Uh, Would I be okay and happy if it sweeped at the Academy Awards? Of course. Uh, I think it would be uh, great. There's a few categories. I feel like everything everywhere at once is a shoe in for, but there's just those couple big ones especially the film where i'm just a director where i'm like i don't know like the academy is just a different beast you know like do the academy voters want to give it the daniels the people that did the turn down for what video in the fart <laughs> movie like, it wish you know, was, like <laughs> shaking his penis all over place. yeah like i just yeah i, I definitely just view the guys the academy. made a movie about a dead corpse yeah literally it's not even a joke. It's just <laughs> it's or a farting cults is probably farting cults, a better yeah. adjective. They're Jennifer Coolidge photo should though. <laughs> so, as a as a shout out, <laughs> yeah, as a, as a side note. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's fantastic they've been winning. I I thought the most interesting story that I saw in a world where um was it Kiyu Kwan? No. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a world where obviously he's been winning everywhere, and I feel like he's done a million interviews at this point. I'm, so, I'm like, how are you not out of things to talk about? Uh, there was the one that came out at Spirit Choice where he was saying that um, he couldn't get uh, his insurance ran out and he couldn't get hired, and then he was like trying to get hired for another role before everything ever at once had come out. And he was like asking people, like, is this movie good? Do I can I get hired still? Like, <laughs> no, because he's like trying to like bring back his career and stuff. So. It's just, like, interesting. Now, here he is winning all the awards, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it definitely has all the momentum going in. Uh, of course, the Academy is a big beast, but, uh, of course, a lot of these specialised categories, like, they've still been winning. Um, I don't think they'll win every single thing they're nominated for, but I would... I'm less confident in my prediction that Spielberg's going to win director and that Kate Blanchett is going to be lead uh but yeah i'm i'm excited i'm i fear that if they do win too much there'll be like a little bit of a backlash against it like against the movie um which you know it would be my only thing to make them hope they don't win everything um it's like you know because if you win too much people get upset like people will shit talk shit's creek after that year where they won pretty much every emmy that they possibly could 
Um, so yeah, I think you know that's the thing. Uh, other interesting point over the weekends: uh, the cinematography uh, awards were held. Uh, Elvis won uh, for cinematography. Uh, so you know, there's a chance. You know, I think we all predicted uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't know if that was nominated, seeing as it was a foreign language film, uh, for the ASC Awards, because it's American Awards. Um, yeah. So I would say not. Yeah. Tar and All, Question, All Quiet on the Western Front were not among the nominees. So, uh, yeah. But yeah. It, uh, what are your hopes for the Academy Awards? Obviously, we're less than a week away. Uh, what what do you want to see and what don't you want to see? I don't want to see any fucking jokes or hints by any hosts about the Will Smith thing. My God. I mean, in a dream world, Chris Rock would come out and he's got like seven bodyguards around him. <laughs> you, you, he plays it completely straight, doesn't do any jokes, just presents the category. No, I don't want that either. <laughs> Move on. I, yeah, I don't know. I... Who's hosting this year? I can't even remember now. Kimmel. Kimmel, that's right. So, pretty safe host pick. Neither a good or a bad thing. I don't know. I, I, I hope it's a better... Like, last year's was good, at least as far as I remember. I didn't... I remember thinking last year was It was, was fine. A show, so, you know, obviously, yeah. it was overshadowed by that one moment. That one moment, yeah. So, hopefully, if it's, if it's at least that, but not over... If all the awards aren't overshadowed by... Uh, something like that then they would make it a better year already so because that was a problem with the will smith thing it just so completely overshadowed any of the award actual recognition and stuff and now when people think about that oscars they just think about the slap yeah, the slap yeah. the slap heard around the world like that yeah. televised around the world uh around the world. <laughs> yeah i just hope people get time you know uh of course they're going back to every award being presented so that's gonna like that's a lot <laughs> Uh, I'm looking. I'm hopeful that you know all the songs will have cool presentations. Uh, yeah, well, triple R, triple R. Let's do it. Like, mm. let's 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 hope they can do it safely on screen, uh, yep. on stage. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm also hoping, you know, hoping they don't make any more references to animation being just for kids. That would be a good start. Yeah. It's an unborn pet peeve. If they do, I hope it's because Gilmero is having another jab at <laughs> yeah. that being a thing. That's what I'll allow. Yeah, it's all a bit leading up to Gilmero winning and like yeah. telling him to suck it. Uh, yeah. yeah. He punches the person on stage who said it. Just knocks them the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Academy Awards. Looking forward to that. Uh Dylan, every single week, so many different movies and TV shows have are announced, different updates, uh, different castings. Uh, so we like to group that all together in a segment we like to call, Would You Want to Invest? I'll list off a bunch of projects, uh, and Dylan will let me know if he wants to fully invest, partially invest, or not invest on them based on any criteria he deems fit, uh, and then history will be the judge uh, as to whether he was right or wrong. All right, so let's kick off this week's round of would you want to invest uh david jonathan david johnson archie renault spike fern and newcomer alien Wu have signed on to star alongside kaylee spaney and isabella merced in a new alien film that fiddy alvarez 
uh, is directing for 20th Century Studios. Of course, Fede Alvarez doing the current Evil Dead movie, or is he doing? Mm. Did he do the previous? He did that previous. He did the 2013 Evil Dead movie. Yeah. Uh, in the ninth entry in the iconic sci-fi horror series, a group of young people on a distant world find themselves in a confrontation with the most terrifying life form in the universe. Uh, Alvarez is will direct from his script written with, but uh, written with Rodo Sayus. Uh, yes, I will fully invest. So okay. I like, so he directed, um, uh, he's directed some, a couple of things I haven't seen, but the, don't breathe. Like his earlier shorts. Well, no, no, no. I've seen Don't Breathe. He didn't direct the second one. So that's it. Like, Don't Breathe 1, great movie. Yeah. Evil Dead, great movie. Uh, Girl and Spiders, where I've watched. I've watched all his things. I just, he's not earlier his short film. So I feel like I, I can definitely recall. He did some TV show I don't watch. Um, okay, yeah, so, so apparently I, it's I, called Alien Romulus is the working title for the film, too. Which is the ship, I think? And I feel like I need to I have no idea. Too. Alien Romulus. That name rings a bell, so. Uh, Romulus. Fuck. Why? Can't I, I can't find the answer. I feel like that, that's the name I know, though. Why do I know that? Maybe I should just Google Romulus, not Alien Romulus, because that's just showing me. Oh, no. Maybe it's just a, it's a Roman king. Yeah. Maybe that's why I know the name. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. I'm down. I'm down. I don't. I, I, what happened to that that other that other thing that was supposed to be happening? Wasn't it a TV series or something? Hulu series. I think there's still meant to be the TV series from uh the creator of um what's gonna call it? Yeah. Whatever his name is. No. Whatever. Yeah. To have, mm. again a quick search. Uh, and Ridley Scott is apparently still meant to be working on a prequel film, like the Prometheus oh era. It's all, it's all coming up. Alien. Uh, production on the TV series was delayed until 2023, so. Oh, okay. All right, sure. Well, yeah, I, I'll fully invest. I like the, obviously, like, Alien, like, I like the. I think the director's a good choice and everything like that. So yeah, I fully invest. All right. Sony has landed global rights to the sister comedy My Ex's Wedding to be directed by Kay Cannon in a competitive situation. Cast set for the pick, penned by New York Times best-selling author Taylor Jenkins Reid, uh, who wrote Daisy Jones and the Six, and Ashley Roger, uh, with revisions by Cannon, who wrote who wrote and directed Blockers, uh, includes Academy Award winner. Ariana DeBoyce, Chloe Finman from SNL, Megan Sattler from Hacks, and Academy Award nominee Amanda Seyfried. Uh, in the film, heading into production this summer, four childhood best friends get a drunken voicemail from their former best friend on the eve of her wedding day, confessing that she thinks she's making a mistake, then setting out to stop her wedding and rekindle the friendship they once shared. Uh, fully invest. So I like Kay Cannon. I like the the people involved, the cast. Mm-hmm. Synopsis is like whatever, but yeah, I blockers. Great movie. What a movie! That's Great that's. Movie. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. So fully invested. All right. 
DGA Award winner and five-time Emmy nominee Paul Feig has found a stellar trio to lead his new action comedy Grand Death, Lord, Grand Death Lotto for Amazon Studios in John Cena, Aquafina, and Simu Liu. Uh, the film is penned by Rob Yeskum, uh, is set in a very near future in which a grand lottery has been established in economically challenged California. The only catch, you'll need to kill the winner before sundown in order to legally claim their prize. New LA transplant Katie accidentally finds herself with the winning ticket and must join forces with amateur jackpot protector Noel to make it to sundown in order to claim her multi-billion dollar prize, all while uh, dealing with Noel's protection rival Lewis, Lewis Lewis, who also wants to get her to sundown in order to claim his protection, rich protection commission. Did you say Paul Feig? Yes. Did I say if it's meant to be serious or a comedy as well? No. Action comedy. Yeah, okay. I've, I've fully invested in that. I, I like Paul Feig. I like that setup. I think that's an interesting... Um, has the potential to be both a comedy as well as a sort of political uh, take on something. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll fully invest. There was no cast or anything, though, was there? It was just a... It was John Cena, Aquafina, similar. John Cena, Aquafina. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, 100%. Full invest. Easy. That's that that sounds great. <laughs> Alright. Uh Amazon Studios has partnered with Toronto Company to develop The Better Liar, a drama series based on the book of the same name by Tannen Jones. Daisy Ridley is set to star in an executive produced the adaptation written and executive produced by Rayleigh Tucker from True Blood. Uh in The Better Liar, when a woman hires a lookalike in an effort to conceal her sister's death and claim their shared inheritance. Her deception exposes a dangerous web of lies. No, a web of dangerous secrets. <laughs> I watched the trailer for this. What was that other Karen one we watched the trailer for? I feel like I haven't ever seen it come out. It was like a clone or some weird thing or... What? Duel with Karen Gillan? Yeah, was that... Did that come out? Yeah, that came out. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll partial on this. Uh... Speak of Daisy. <laughs> uh, Leyline Entertainment and First Gen Content have an all-star ensemble for its production of On Swift Horses as Daisy Edgar-Jones, Jacob Elordi, Will Poulter, Diego Calva, and Sasha Kale are on board to star. Uh, Daniel Minhan is set to direct with Peter Sears and First Gen's Molly Asher producing. Uh, based on the novel by Shannon Perfil, uh, the story follows newlyweds Muriel and Lee, who are beginning a bright new life when he returns from the Korean War. However, this newfound stability is upended by the arrival of Lee's charismatic younger brother, Julius, a wayward gambler and with a secret. A dangerous love triangle is quickly formed as the three vow to start a new life together in California, but their bid for the American dream is blown apart when Julius disappears and heads for Las Vegas instead. Muriel embarks on a secret life of her own, gambling on rare sources and discovering a love she never thought possible. I'm not investing in that. That sounds way too convoluted. I don't know what the fuck. You lost me halfway through. No, I'm not investing. Wow. He heard it here first. Dylan hates complicated movies. That's right. All right. Uh, last film for this week. Cassie David, John Rosicki, Karen Sony, Olivia Cooper, Taylor Hill, and Jason Alexander will lead the heist comedy Stealing Pulp Fiction, marking the feature debut of writer-director Danny Turkowitz. Uh, which has wrapped production in Los Angeles. Billed as a love letter to the classic Quentin Tarantino pick and the history of cinema as a whole, the film is based on Turkowitz's 
uh, short of the same name, which he wrote and directed at the height of the COVID pandemic. Uh, it follows friends Jonathan, Elizabeth, and Steve as they attempt to steal Tarantino's personal 35mm print of Pulp Fiction. Along the way, their kooky therapist, Dr. Mendelbaum, finds himself drawn into the heist, adding both humour and unexpected twists to the story. Um, <laughs> hold on. Who's doing that? It seems like Do the first time director. Yeah, so I don't know. Okay. Um, I'll pass on this then. Okay. Pass on this. Although, you, I feel what, like that was nearly... Does it live or die on whether Quentin is involved directly or not? Or? Yeah, he's not going to be involved. I hardly doubt it. So I will, I will, I'll pass on this because people want to watch it. I don't know if it'll be any good. Probably be, I don't know. It sounds like it's set up for failure, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go pass on this. Okay. All right. Let's move into giving some thumbs to trailers. Uh, of course, you'll find all the trailers that we're about to talk about in the show notes below or by going to the show page on ExplosionHour.com. Uh, first trailer for this week. Agent Elvis, created by John Eddy and Priscilla Presley. Starring Matthew McConaughey, Caitlin Olsen, John Cheadle, Johnny Knoxville, Nisi Nash-Betts, Tom Kenny, Jason Manzoukas, and Priscilla Presley. Elvis trades in his white jumpsuit for a jetpack when he is covertly inducted into a secret government spy program to help battle the dark forces that threaten the country he loves, all while holding down his day job as the king of rock and roll. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for Agent Elvis? I hadn't heard about this at all. I don't know if you had. Yeah. Um, I no, okay, I had no inkling of this. And I just like clicked play on the trailer. I was like, wow, this is wild. Um, I'm going to double thumbs up. I think it looks absolutely ridiculous, but fantastic at the same time. The uh, voice cast is really great. It reminds me of, it's like, um, what would you call it? Like, it's like um, uh, Bojack Horseman and Archer. Yeah, those two were the, the ones I was sort of in the line of. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm all about it. It looks just so fucking dumb, but so fun. And it honestly feels like something he would have done if he was alive. Like, if he was still alive, I feel like Elvis would have just voiced himself in this. Okay. I'm going to give it one up, one down. I think it's okay, it, it, it it might be a little too over the top of my test, uh, okay. which is, you know, you hard hate to fun, say. I I, yeah, I had fun. Um, it's interesting that Priscilla is involved and, like, helped create the show. Yeah. Uh, purely from a... Uh, Australian point of view because the Presley estate did not enjoy the Australian animated TV series Little Elvis not fans wanted it shut down I remember down. that show I remember yeah. that show yeah. uh, but that might be the fact that you know Elvis had a child out of wedlock <laughs> or uh, a child you know out of his marriage you know would be the thing they took issue with um, yeah I mean it, it definitely looks like it's trying to be an Archer like S show or yeah. or like Deadpool but with Elvis <laughs> uh, with his crazy over the top action stuff and a monkey. So uh yeah. This is releasing on Netflix March seventeenth. Uh next trailer. Unstable. Uh created by Rob Lowe, John Owen Lowe, and Victor Fresco. Uh starring Robert Blow, John Owen Lowe, Sean Clifford, uh Aaron Branch, Rachel Marsh, Emma Ferreira, and Fred Armisen 
in a biological research company. A son with social problems is forced to work for the company of his father, an extremely eccentric and exotic manic, to save him from disaster. Dylan, what do you think of Unstable? Uh, I, I was sort of mixed on this one. I'm gonna be honest. Like I was, I for the first half of the trailer, I was very much like, I don't know. This seems like sort of trying too hard to fit in line with the the success of some of the things we've had, like Mythic Quest or something like that. It honestly seems like it's the same sort of vibes and stuff. But by the end of the trailer, and then when I did a quick like search and found out it's his real son playing his son yep. in this. Just sort of added a weird, wholesome vibe to everything within it. So I'm going to go one up, one down. I feel like the trailer was just, there's just something about the way the trailer come, come across. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I went from being like, no, nah, I don't want to watch this to at least wanting to check out the first episode. Yeah, I'm very much on the same boat where it, it definitely, I'm like, oh, is this a, uh, you know, Elon Musk parody, you know, where it's this smart guy trying, well, this guy trying to be smart and like, being eccentric for the sake of being eccentric. You know, versus, yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff. Yeah. It's just another take on Edward Norton and Glass Onion, you know. Is that is that yeah. what this is? But no, apparently he is actually smart. So, I mean, that makes a, bit, a little bit of a difference. Uh, weird twist. Uh, but yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, the father-son dynamic. Uh, uh, it's cool to see Sean... Uh, Sean Clifford, uh, who was in Fleabag in something again uh yeah i mean it's interesting uh yeah like you said i'll probably give like the first episode a shot and see how it goes uh it definitely mm. seems like rob Lowe playing it a like eccentric dial to 11 version of himself so uh we that could be fun so unstable comes to netflix on the 30th of march next trailer the blackening uh directed by tim story starring Yvonne Orgy, Grace Byers, Jermaine Fowler, Melvin Gregg, and Jay Farrow. A group of black friends reunite for a Juneteenth weekend getaway, only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. Forced to play by his rules, the friends soon realize this ain't no motherfucking game. <laughs> what did you think of the trailer for The Blackening? Uh, yeah, I'm going to double thumbs up. I think this looks great. This comedy horrors are definitely... I feel like they're making a comeback. I feel like I've had a, a lot of comedy horrors that are good in the last, like, 24 months. Um, or maybe I'm dreaming that, but I'm all for it because comedy horrors, when done well, very, very good. You hit the, you get to be both scary and make people shit their pants and laugh at the same time. So, um, But the whole vibe of, like, the, the first setup of, you know, black people usually die first in the, uh, you know, horror movie. So I've got to pick the blackest of you to... <laughs> I voted for Trump. Twice. <laughs> 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 That's the thing. I've never even watched Friday. <laughs> um, yeah, was, I thought it was very funny. Thumbs up. Yeah, this is two thumbs up for me as well. So this is interesting because it's based on a Comedy Central short, uh, which I, I watched after watching this trailer. Uh, but, you know, it's only in America, so I need to give you VPN or whatever. Quick um, pause on that because I just, I knew, going back to Weird Al, did you know that was based on the short? No, was it? Yeah, the Aaron whole film. Paul, Aaron Paul played Weird Al in the original thing they did. Okay, I'm need to go look that up. <laughs> yeah, so you just reminded me, and I forgot to mention that. But yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so the the short that it's based on is just that the the scene where they're like 
trying to decide who's the blackest out of the group. Uh, but it looks obviously this has been expanded upon, and like uh, there's this weird serial killer uh, with a crossbow, which is I guess an original mm. weapon. Like super, like they pull out that board game. It's like the most Jim Crow <laughs> bullshit ever. It's like wow, that's yeah. like I don't know that how you know. Are they, are they even allowed to show this on screen? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks very interesting. Uh, like you said, it looks like it'll be a fun comedy horror film. Uh, and obviously it's got the pedigree behind it from uh, Tim Story doing Girls Trip, which was obviously a huge comedic uh, success. So whether he yeah. can translate that to yeah. Different a genre, horror so. genre, I know. Horror genre, yeah. Is the, is the thing, so. Uh, set to release in America on the 16th of June. No Australian release date, unfortunately. Next trailer is for Up Here. Created by Steve Levinson, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Robert Lopez, Daniel Sanchez Witzel. Starring Mae Whitman, Carlos Valdez, uh, Katie Finneran, John Hodgman, Andrea Burns, Sophia Hammonds, and Amelia Suarez. Set in New York City in 1999, Lindsay Miguel fall in love and discover that the single greatest obstacle to find happiness together might just be themselves and the memories, obsessions, fears, and fantasies that live inside their heads. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer for Up Here? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going one up one down. I, I think it's kind of odd to watch see Cisco in this role for a start. I'll get that right yeah. out of the way. So <laughs> like, it's very sort of just odd, but that's that's fine. Um, yeah, I... I don't, I thought the trailer was weirdly paced with the, the very much from the start, very like the if you don't know anything about it, it's like a reveal curtain pullback. They're like, ah, it's a musical. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Like a minute 30 in, they're like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> and then they do like a montage of music bits and then they sort of just switch back to what seems like I don't know, very odd. And then I watched the old end. I was like, oh, yeah. So like it's got the pedigree for a good movie here. And then they're like, all episodes. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's a TV show. All right. So yeah, I'm going one up, one down. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it two thumbs up. I I enjoyed it. I understand some of the problems. Um, I the major issue I had was like the singing levels was with like the music levels was kind of weird. You'd think mm. like it was just very low, like for a lot of the singing. Uh, whether that they wanted to not highlight that as much or um, it was a weird technical thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, way May Whitman, she's fantastic. Uh, excited to see uh, uh, Cisco not being Cisco. Uh, <laughs> very weird. And like it, the idea of uh, the physical embodiment of all these voices in their heads, I think, is a lot of fun. Scott Porter, uh, I didn't mention, he plays one of the voices in Cisco's, oh, uh, <laughs> Miguel's head. Uh, That's the other thing I was going to say. I, I, I feel like having them just appear as normal people might just be hard to. I don't know. It's because. Will it make it hard to track three characters? And I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just those. I don't know. I think you know. It's know. it's it, it works in cartoons. So whether it yeah, it works in cartoons, the, but whether it transcends into live action, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was very uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, so this is coming to Disney Plus on March 24th. All episodes releasing at once. Because uh, that's a that's a whole thing. Yeah, more than the yeah, Disney Plus thing. A Disney Plus thing. So. Not that Disney Plus doesn't do that occasionally, but yeah. Last trailer for this week, and really it's a teaser, but you know, I had to include it because it's it's 
it's a massive it's it's the one everybody's talking about it's one i'm was looking forward to as soon as they announced the trailer was coming yeah. out this week. Well, your your notes last night had a different trailer, and then luckily I didn't watch any of the trailers till this morning because it was like I'm going to change this if the turtles trailer comes out. So yes. <laughs> luckily, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even bother. I was like, I'll just wait and I'll wait until the morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yes, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, uh, directed by Jeff Rao, uh, starring Nicholas Cantu, Micah Abbey, Shaman Brown Jr., Bradley Noon, or Brad. Brady Noon, Jackie Chan, Ayo Adibiri, uh Seth Rogen, John Cena, Hannibal Burris, Rose Byrne, Ice Cube, Post Malone, Paul Rudd, Maya Rudolph, Natasha Dimitrio, and Jan Carlos Esposito. After years of being sheltered from the human world, the Turtles set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers through heroic acts. Their new friend, April O'Neil, helps them take on a notorious crime syndicate but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem? Uh, double thumbs up. I thought it looked really, really good. I like the stylization, um, the Spider-Man inspired, I guess, um, aspect to it, if yep. that's the way you'd put it, yeah. Um, but also just like the younger... It doesn't seem like we're getting the full origin story, which, thank God... But it's obviously just very early days, uh, turtles still, which is good because I I like having the they've actually got a young cast playing the like kids actually doing them, not like yeah. adults. They're all to seventeen be kids. as far as I'm aware. Yeah, so they're actually teenagers playing teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I know they're not turtles playing turtles, but guys, um, <laughs> we're gonna go so far. Uh, yeah, but every everything else about this just looks really, really good. The the part where it comes up at the what's it say? The starts like from Seth Rogen, perpetual teenager. never grows up, or yeah, yeah. Ten, I thought it was a funny little bit. Uh, the, the whole voice cast just looks really, really fantastic. The the fact I get to hear Bebop played by Seth going against John Cena as Rocksteady is a Oh, I can't wait to hear that back and forth. Um, Master Splinter, Jackie Chan. Come on. Yeah. So I, I think it looks really good. Double thumbs up. Yeah, this is two thumbs up for me as well. I think it looks fantastic. Uh, just like visually very interesting and like it, the most teenagerly way you could have introduced the Ninja Turtles and them filming dumb videos on rooftops, like yeah. destroying watermelons. Throwing fucking frying stars. Throwing Ninja Stars. <laughs> yeah, ninja stars yeah. Just, yeah the, the way they talk is so... Uh, teenagerly, you know. Yeah. Uh, was a part of then they're like, so let me get play. No, we prefer ooze, ooze. Yeah, <laughs> does it sound great? Yeah, just the, yeah. them all talking over the top of them, but everybody kind of understanding what they're they're, they're all talking about is like really beautiful. Um, yeah, just the art style I think is really works. Uh, of course, the the music they use uh, a tribe called quest in the trailer, just perfectly matching. The tone of what they're going for, just the one shot we get of like Rocksteady and Bebop kind of nodding along, and it seems like they're not along with the music. Um, yeah, really interesting. Obviously, they released like the entire cast of uh, in the days earlier at the Nickelodeon Teen Choice Awards. I want to say no, Kids Choice Awards. Um, in like the cast is stacked of like different mutants, so we're going to see a bunch of characters we've never seen in a movie before. Uh, in this. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I didn't realize it was going to be animated. <laughs> like this film had been on the the like on the schedule for a long time. I for some reason thought they were going to try and do live action again. Uh, but yeah, I'm very happy that they've decided to go in the 
animation route because probably the best of the Ninja Turtles has been in animation. Um, and really, this uh, gives me an excuse to go back and watch all the Ninja Turtle movies probably in the lead up to this uh, for content That's reasons. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very excited uh, to, to see Ninja Turtles again. Yeah, the art style is crazy. Spider-Verse, like, I can't think of another movie recently that has had such a massive effect on, like, a a style of filmmaking as Spider-Verse has to the animation oh. industry. It's crazy. All right, uh, this week's top three. Let's get into it. Definitely in the top three. Uh, of course, South by Southwest is about to take place in the next week uh they've got their full schedule out so i thought this week we would do our top three most intriguing south by southwest film or tv premieres uh so dylan what was your number three yes i went i went with stuff i'd never heard of so i was like oh i feel like that was the the thing um so number three i went with a disturbance in the force which the synopsis is investigating the infamous the Star Wars holiday special with the behind-the-scenes story of how it got made. Um, people on camera in, uh, for this include Weird Al, <laughs> Seth Green. So uh, I obviously the holiday specials are a wild thing that happened, and you got to wonder how <laughs> how 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 it happened, and it's just such a weird thing. So um, a behind-the-scenes of the how, what, where, when, why. Um, sounds intriguing to me. Something I would definitely be interested in watching. So that's my number three. All right. Um, Comes out soon, apparently. What? Comes out soon. It has a March 11th release date, but I don't actually know if that's just... That might be like a... That's probably when it actually is premiering at South by Southwest. Should be, yeah. Uh, My number three. Self-Reliance. Film directed by Jake Johnson, starring Jake Johnson... Uh, synopsis when a man is offered a million dollars to play in a game in which hunters try to kill him he thinks he's found the perfect loophole they can only attack when he's alone his only problem is that none of his friends or family believe the game is real uh yeah i'm i'm down to see jake johnson trying to avoid getting murdered by a bunch of hunters uh in some weird sick game uh he's got a really great cast of course jake johnson himself anna kendrick andy sandberg natalie morales Christopher Lloyd, Wayne Brady, like really bunch of interesting people there. Uh, yeah, so that, that, you know, I'm all down for Jake Johnson's shenanigans. Can imagine uh, him almost dying several times. Weird that there's a bunch of these movies about winning money by not dying coming out around the same time. Uh, so yeah, Dylan, what is your number two? Number two, I went with BlackBerry. Uh, says the comp- a company that topple- toppled global giants before succumbing to the ruthlessly competitive forces of Silicon Valley. This is not a conventional tale of modern business failure by fraud and greed. The rise and fall of BlackBerry reveals the dangerous speed at which innovators race along the information highway. Um, yeah, so obviously BlackBerry was a huge, you know, the first smartphone and all these sorts of things. Company I know absolutely nothing by, um, nothing about. I don't know like how they got to be so big. I don't know why they disappeared off the the face of the earth so it's because we um, hate physical buttons maybe yeah so (laughs) i as soon as i saw this i was like yeah actually that's that is something i would definitely like to watch and this isn't a documentary this is a um, narrative yeah 
narrative. So uh, Jay Barachal, how do you say his last name? Barachal? Barachal. Barachal? Yeah. Uh, he's playing Mike Lazaridis, which I assume is like the Steve Jobs of Blackberry. I don't know. <laughs> um, in it. So yeah, it's based on a book as well. Like, so, um, so you had some reviews come through, early reviews and sitting at an 83 Metascore. So, uh, but yeah, I never, I didn't know about this. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. All right. My number two, Bottoms, uh, directed by Emma Segelman, uh, starring uh, Rachel Sinott and uh, Ayo Edeberry. Uh, it follows two unpopular girls in their senior year who start a fight club to try and impress and hook up with cheerleaders. What, a, what an idea. Okay. It's it's female fight club. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm down. Uh, Rachel Sinott is fantastic in everything I've seen her in. Uh, and she's very funny. Uh, Edda Ed Berry, she's very funny as well. So, uh, yeah, and with this crazy premise, you know, that that sounds like it'll be a winner. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what is your number one? Number one is, a uh, so apparently it's coming to Netflix, but I hadn't actually heard of it. And I watched the trailer and everything, and I was like, this looks like a wild movie. I'm down. Um, so it's called Furries. Synopsis is. A mysterious woman trains a trio of girls to take revenge on a criminal gang that abuses females. The three lady warriors risk everything to challenge this corrupt empire. Um, it's directed by and stars um, Veronica Go, who, who um, most people would remember as Paid Tico in episode eight of Star Wars, who like dies when the like on the, the ship thing at the start. Um, but then she was also in uh, the she old guard and that's. Uh... What's her name? Sister, right? Yeah, Rose. Rose, like her sister, Rose's who sister, yeah, does. Yeah, Rose's sister, who yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, but she's also like she's been around. She's done like um, like martial arts movies and stuff like that prior to that. And then she's she was in that thing that everyone loved last year that I never actually got around to watching. The princess, the princess um, yeah. is one of the, the some characters in that. So, but she's directing it as well, which I was like, oh, that's like so. It's like a, a female-led revenge story. The trailer is very like sort of stylized. Um, it's like obviously a very dark subject matter, but it's almost. Um, pulpy i guess in the way that it's like at least the trailer came across to me so even though it's like fucked up subject subject matter it's got this pulpy aspect to to it and these like girls just getting going for a revenge mission um the three of them just going around kicking ass and taking names sort of thing so i thought it looked pretty cool um i'm down for this so this is the out of the you know what things stood out that i'd never heard of at all uh, didn't even know much about or you know this this ticks all the boxes i think for the top three this week so that was my number one all right, my number one beef. Uh, beef. This is a new TV series coming to Netflix uh, in partnership with A twenty four, starring uh, Stephen Yun and Ali Wong. Uh, the show follows the aftermath of a road rage incident between two strangers. Danny Cho, a failing contractor with a chip on his shoulder, goes head to head with Amy Lau, a self-made entrepreneur with a picturesque life. The increasing stakes of their feud unravel their lives and relationships in this darkly comedic and deeply moving series. Uh, the listed genres are action, comedy, drama, and thriller. So, I mean, that's an interesting combination. Uh, just the cast involved looks really good. Uh, yeah, and just, you know. There's this one image of Steve Ewan staring daggers at Ali Wong and then her staring daggers back. I mean, I'm, I'm keen to see them go up against each other. So, yeah, that's my number one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dylan, this week, what do you want to watch? 
Scream Six, baby. Nearly gave it away at the start. Yeah, Lucky I, I didn't. Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprising. Scream Six, uh, also high on my list as well. So uh, we will be doing a spoiler cast. They'll probably be out in the next twenty four hours after this releases. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, all things I'm watching it. Yeah, I'm. I'm watching it. You know, this comes out Wednesday morning. Wednesday. I'm watching it. No, this comes out Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday night. night. Actually, sorry. So it comes out Wednesday night. I'm watching this now. Probably. If you're listening to this, I'm in the cinema. As soon as it comes out. If you're, if you're listening to this when this drops, I'm in the cinema. By the time you get to this point in the podcast, I'm in the cinema. Oh, yeah. At this specific point. Yeah, probably. at this point, if you if you start listening to this at 6 o'clock when it drops, I'm in the cinema right now. I'm watching. I'm enjoying the movie. Hopefully. Crazy. Presumably. I'm enjoying the movie. If you want to run her up, though, I'm hopefully going to watch. Uh, my plan is... Because uh, I, f- I fly in for the, g- the Game Expo in Melbourne, I'm going to spend. Fr- uh, I was looking at like what I could watch Friday. Um, top of my list currently is Missing, which isn't showing around me, and I really want to watch. Oh, okay, I know that I know that came out um, like a week last week, I think. But uh, yeah, um, that'd be my my runner up. Those things I want to watch. Interesting. Uh, other highlights, Dylan. You can finally watch Banshee's Venture this yeah. week. I was on Disney Plus this week. Comes yeah. out Disney Plus on the eighth. Uh. But I'm surprised that you didn't mention big film coming out this week. 65. <laughs> yeah. So, he, here's my question. Yeah. Do I? So, I looked. I could watch 65 Thursday. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually not working Thursday. I got it, so I've, I've had to switch days. So, I'm working Wednesday this week. Ooh. So, I was looking and I'm like, I could go to 65 in the afternoon. Hmm. Or I could go watch it in Melbourne when I'm there because I'm there the next day. You know, this is the question. There's but my so excitement level, my excitement level for 65 is nowhere near that up screen. I want to watch 65. I have no idea if it would be bad, terrible, or mediocre. But it's got Adam Driver, so it can't be that bad. Surely. <laughs> that's, that's bold choice. Uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, let us know what you want to watch this week. By going to explosion.com slash Twitter or jump into our Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. Uh, if you want to help us out here at What You Want to Watch, leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, uh, leave us five stars, and we can leave five stars or just tell people about the show and head on over to explosion.coms, check out our news, reviews, podcasts, uh, including, you know, we did a Scream ranking episode and a Scream article. You should go check that out before you watch Scream 6. And if you enjoyed this episode, thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to our Kofi page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. A little side note for the end of this episode. I was just going to quit Twitter quickly and I saw there was a quote from some interview where Nicholas Cage got asked if he wants to be in a Marvel movie and his response was, I don't need to be in Marvel movies. I'm Nick Cage. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs>